Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another edition of Female Footy Focus presented to you by Deakin University. Well, there's yet another round of intriguing results across the entire women's competition, including Ringwood keeping their finals hopes alive in Division 1 in a close encounter at Home Park. Mitchum jumping back into the top four of third division with a tight victory at Kunung Reserve, plus Whitehorse sneaking home against the galley. We'll be discussing those results as well as all the others in the 11th edition of Female Footy Focus. I'm Josh Wood in the hosting chair once more this week. Alongside me, got Ryan Long returning. Longy, despite the Richmond loss, it's it's still nice to see a smile on your face. I know. I feel like we're, it's deja vu. I thought we had this conversation last week after the last loss, but no, it's it's, it's good to be here for some um for some for some L here and um was lucky enough to be at it to more on the weekend and conditions were pretty pretty awful with that wind and I've heard from a few few players and coaches it seemed to be no matter what ground you're at the the conditions were really tough to play and it's probably made for some pretty interesting results over the weekend. Yeah, and plenty of behinds once more as well. And making his return to female footy focus, well, as Matt Fodia put it in the Eastland match of the round, he always makes it entertaining wherever, whatever podcast or whatever role he does in the media team or on the match of the round. And that is our beloved Montrose man, Blakey Tennant. Great to have you, Black Blake. Yeah, good to be back. I love that, love that little uh, intro there, Josh. It's <laughs> good to see. You. Uh, interesting week this week. Um, saw it as well. Um, Ryan was down there at Donvale. It was pretty, pretty um, interesting game that one. I'm sure, and I'm um, looking forward to dissecting it all tonight, and um, also uh, giving off an opinion for uh, next week as well. Yeah, and. Oh, let's dive into the results from the past weekend. Of course, kicking off in Premier A at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve, uh, SBL Wolves and, and Mount Evelyn faced off against each other. And well, Mount Evelyn have had SBL Wolves number all year, I reckon. And this is their third big victory of the season against them, Blake. I, I don't know what it is about Mount Evelyn facing SBL Wolves. I, I guess they just must feel energetic after taking the trip up the mountain. Yeah, definitely for sure. I think they've they've shown it as well um, that they just, I think they just compare well against them, probably you would say. I think they compete really well against them. And um, it showed out on the scoreboard too that I think they won by about 32 points, was it in the end or around there? But yeah. Yeah, it just shows that uh, that they're they're really they're there they're thereabouts as well with South Korean who are uh, with them as well. So yeah, good win there by Mount uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go uh, for the rest of the year because they're doing really well um, uh, getting in there. Want to lock in hopefully the top two and uh, even take it out the uh, take it on with the Eastern Devils as well. Well, they are the only opponent to defeat the Eastern Devils this year, so they definitely can take it up to them. That that win also shores up their final spot, which is, well, despite coming across from the AFL out of East women's competition unbeaten, it, it's still a great achievement in such a, a tight division. And I think with this victory, it all but shuts off the top four for the Wolves. They need to pick win all three games in the, in the final three weeks. Hope Vermont lose their three matches and gain a lot of percentage. So I think that top four is sealed. 
it's all about, you know, pretty much who'll finish in second and third, who will get that double chance. So a very small percentage separates them, just over 1%, South Croydon and Mount Evelyn. So it's going to be tight to see who gets that double chance. Uh, and the other result, the Eastern Devils continued on their merry way, just a, a regular 33-point victory. Uh, well, they took advantage, evidently, of the win down at Mulgrave Reserve. 41 of their 42 points ca it came with it uh, in the first and third quarters, Ryan. It's, yeah, just business as per usual for the Devils. A much improved performance from Vermont, though, given the last couple of times the, the Devils have um, defeated them. Yeah, certainly. Probably the, the one thing that they've struggled against when they have played Devils, and I think they, they their coach spoke about, the fact that the first two times they were quite competitive against them. But looking at their scores, um, uh, they've obviously scored one goal three um, on Saturday against them. Conditions um, aside, you know, it was, it was pretty uh, pretty windy and would have been hard to, to score at, at one end down at Mulgrave. But um, they also scored one three the last time they played the Devils and then three goals two the first time. So they probably... Um, have struggled to score against a, a side that have a, a back a, a back five that are you know in a defensive lineup that's really strong and um, they're they're a hard team to to get, to get a run on and I don't know I don't know off the top of my head but I'm assuming Mount Evelyn was probably the the side that's scored the most on them so far this season and um, you know it's sort of been a trend this year that they've been able to keep sides to their one two three goals a game and it's really helped them out the Devils. Yeah, in fact, their highest score they've conceded was against SBL Wolves the week before, and they still picked up the the winner. I think SBL Wolves were were helped by the fact Feinigan, Cormac, and uh, and Ebony Nixon were playing. I should point out about that SBL Wolves Mount Evelyn game. The Wolves only had seventeen, and and. They had no Flanagan, Cormac and Nixon. They had the Sun Saints best and fairest night before. And well, I was out there and they were still they were still partying at around 11 p.m. So I don't think they would have been available for that for that game. But yeah, just back to the Eastern Devils. It's strong across all lines. And well, Mount Evelyn have found a way to, to penetrate well, their defences. But it's hard for me to see any other team defeat them you know Shelley Beggs named in the best again kicks two goals uh, Gemma Owen also named best on once more plenty of talent Sophie Balding Amanda Tassari Cara Anderson Ashley Alsop uh, there's plenty of talent on that list and yeah Vermont have plenty of talent Maddie Johns their, their superstar midfielder a goal and named best on as well for them she's well the only goal for them as well so she's put together a great season but yeah it, it's unbelievable how well they've done not surprising to be honest but yeah they've, they've done they've done terrifically and well they win this week they're pretty much locked up for the minor premiership and yeah they thoroughly deserve it into premier b the basin and south Croydon, the crossover match at batherham reserve now like the basin have faced two Premier A sides the last couple of weeks. Combined score of just nine, and all of those points have been from behind. They go down by four, by 34 points as well at the hands of South Croydon. 5-10-40 they scored. Do you reckon there's positives to take out for the Basins, or would you reckon there's more negatives than positives, given they didn't score against another Premier A side when evidently they had the opportunity to do so? 
Yeah, well, the the played against pretty, um, pretty. You know, Premier A's got a couple of good teams in there. As, as we touched on, we got um, Mount Evelyn, you know, yourself, Croydon's up. You know, just uh, beat them across. And I feel like you know, the score nine points. There is some positives, but also negatives because you, you don't want to get punished as well by a good like you know, all credits due to the good sides of Premier A, but you want to try challenge them because they're coming into your division and you want to, you know, set the side on them and hopefully take it up to them. Um, but no, nah, I think it's a hard one to say. I think it's more because you need to score, obviously. Like, you need to kick goals. Obviously, that's that's the way it is. But negatives and positives, that's for sure. But they definitely need to take more effort and more, you know, more positiveness to uh, keep it up against uh, the good side, like, you know, South Croydon's and, um, yeah, definitely Premier A. Yeah, and just amongst the best for for the base, and uh, Lily Murrell was named best on for them. Taylor Black kicks, and Jamie Field were the equal leading goal kickers for the Bulldogs with two each. Black is now on 28 goals in 11 games this season. Maggie McCullough. She, she's been terrific for South Croydon. Saw her a couple of weeks ago at Mullen Mullen Reserve and she put together another great game. Her second consecutive best on ground performance for the Bulldogs and probably the best on ground in the match. Uh, Baronia and Donval, the match of the round. I'm going to go to you for this, Ryan. Yeah, talk us through this match. I only caught a little bit of it, but it looked like it was howling a gale down there at Tormor. Yeah, it, it certainly was, especially down to that um, the right side of the screen, um, uh, down into pretty much the pocket. So it was a definite uh, wind advantage each each quarter for the, whoever was going that side. And sides really struggled. I think remembering that first quarter, Brunia, you know, they, they did well to hold um, Donvale, especially in the first, I think, 10 to 15 minutes, kept him goalless, but just struggled to get it out because if you kicked it this side, which you, you sort of needed to do, the wind would just take that out of bounds. And that last possession rule was just killing them because it would just, it would bounce out and um, Don Bay would be able to have another chance to go forward. But uh, all credit to the Vapors. They have just a really strong side and they have a lot of options. Um, you know, their forward line, uh, we, we've talked about Latino and D'Amato all year and, and how, how much they can hit the scoreboard. Um, I think in, you know, a couple of times when Baronia, the, the two quarters that Baronia were going with the win, they were able to put, I think, I think it was Latino back and just used her as a bit of a, a last, last line defender. And she was just, she was just brilliant there as well. And and then when um, Donbell went and used the win, she'd be able to sneak forward and impact the scoring. And I think she ended up with two. Um, but overall, they're just a really, really quick side, Donbell. I mean, um, uh, Van Usowicz, just has a lot of speed. I thought that she was she was really good with the run and carry. Um, Jess Crandall off half back played really well. They've just seemed to have a lot of talent in in a lot of areas, and I think they had a lot of confidence. And I think maybe if you want to look at the difference, because Brony did play well at times, and it looked like they were going to be able to score. But I think it's probably maybe the more experienced Donvale side. The girls have probably been. I think the girls have probably been together a bit longer than the, the Baronia girls and and just had the, I think, the confidence confidence to take the game on. Um, and and because when Baronia did that, they they looked all right. It's just probably um, having that confidence and being able to score from it. So, look, watching that, I, you know, and I watched the Basin earlier in the year and I, I thought the Bears were the the probably the number one side in the division. I think I'm, I'm sort of leaning to Donvale now and I, I'm really excited to see him match up again finals time.
Yeah, and there's three teams pushing for that top spot. Dom Val, the base are now two games behind because of their two crossover matches and and the White Horse Pioneers. It's a, an intriguing horse race. I I completely agree with you as well. I think Matt Fodia, who which was great to see him on the on the broadcast doing his first women's match of the round. Uh he you know, he said that myself and Jared had seen them earlier in the year against Whitehorse Pioneers and yeah, just the quality on that day from them. It was just amazing and you know, it's they've had them they've had their losses this season, but they've been terrific. They do currently sit top two to a much superior percentage than the Pioneers and yeah, I, I think I probably think they're the team to be. Jasmine D'Amato, she's just had a, a, a remarkable season. Here, her and Latino have combined for 43 goals between the two of them. Such a potent forward line. Shannon Fraser, I thought, also has put together a good season. She kicks a goal. And yeah, Van Oosterweek, an ex-AFLW player and VFLW player with the Western Bulldogs. I guess her, I guess her class and her experience at that top level is showing. Now, the game that I want to talk about in a little bit of depth, and I mentioned this off the top, Ferntree Gully and Mighty Horse Pioneers. Uh, the Pioneers, they still escape with a victory over at Wally 2, but they would have seen this, you know, against the struggling Ferntree Gully side as a potential opportunity to, I hate to say this, to push their percentage up a little bit, Blake. But, you know, their men's side has struggled there in recent years. Yeah, the women's side win here, but it wasn't a big win. What is it about Whitehorse traveling down to, to Wally 2? It's a bit strange how they, I don't think they just like traveling down there. Yeah, well, how long is it? I'll say probably 25 minutes. You would say 25, half an hour, and then plus you're going to do, you, you know, the warm-ups and all that. So it's a bit bit too much there, you would say. But credit to Fenture Gully. I think we should need to show a bit more respect to them because, you know, they've been struggling all year and, um, it's it's a real respect for them to challenge a good uh, opposition, you would say, Whitehorse. And I think Whitehorse got a bit too you I, I don't yeah, we touched on it as well. We don't really like saying it, but a bit too ahead of themselves, you would say, because they're thinking, you know, we're playing, you know, bottom team, you know, we're coming in pretty, pretty, you know, good touch. But um now nah, credit to Fantry Gully, I thought they did really well, but also for Whitehorse to sticking um to what works for them and being a more experienced team, you would say, on the field on Saturday. And uh, they'll be glad to walk away with the four points, that's for sure. Um, and Ryan, the week before, Furniture Gully won, oh, well, I beg your Wide Horse won by 28 points at Springfield Park, or, well, what is essentially the D, the D down there, as PW, Ben Moore and Smith would call it. They cut the margin to eight here. There's plenty of positives to take out of the result if you're a Furniture Gully fan, you'd think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, Blake touched on it well. They've got a lot of um, really good players that, um, you know, probably don't get talked about as much because they because they aren't winning games. But, you know, girls like McCormack and, and Georgie Pruden have had fantastic seasons for them. Um, they're, they're probably their last month of footy has been pretty good. It was just – and they, they started out okay. And I know they're one side that's um, been affected by COVID and injuries and, and a few other availabilities – um, and that, but their last, you know, their form, you know, I think in the middle of the season, they got really belted. They were really touched up by um, Don Val. And I think we all sort of, you know, was like, oh, like they're in a bit of trouble. But since then, they've responded well. And um, there's plenty of positives to take into next season. And um, 
you know, if they can keep this list together and the girls that are, haven't played much footy in the side, um, a few more games and a bit more experience will help them. Um, and also, I, I think I think it's it's hard to um, tell about Whitehorse because I think they match up against some sides better than others. If you look, look at their run so far, they've actually beaten the Basin twice, but then they haven't been able to get near Donvale in, in either t- the two times they've played them. So they're a bit of an interesting one going into finals because I've always looked at Don, Donvale and the Basin as probably the, the the biggest threats, but they're sitting comfortably in second, um, two wins ahead of the Basin. Um, but they, I feel like the Basin probably more likely to beat Donvale as they have so far this season. So it's a, it's just a really interesting finals race, Josh, that um, I can't quite put a, you know, put my finger on it on on who's going to get there at the end oh it's a very interesting one it is the vision is oh it's a very confusing one and a very intriguing one which we will definitely be keeping a very close eye on for the final three rounds of the home and away season plus the final uh, final series which kicks off in under a month's time now into division one and well, a massive result out at home park reserve between Beaconsfield and Ringwood. Ringwood keeping what is their very slim final soaps alive. In fact, I shouldn't say that. They're only, I think, a half a game behind Beaconsfield. A two-point victory out, out at Beaconsfield home track two. We're going to speak with their coach, Darren, well, Ringwood senior coach, Darren Ashcroft, talking about the victory. But for, Be- for Beaconsfield, Ryan, Two goals, seven. That's that's pretty inaccurate kicking. It's yeah, they'll be ruling missed chances on the day, I reckon. Yeah, uh, they certainly will, and especially after last week, they played so well against Roval and and really pushed them. Only lost by a couple of goals, so um, they probably would have come into this game really expecting to to win, considering Ringwood were coming off the you know a pretty comfortable loss to um, Chernside Park, but it puts them you know and their spot in the top four. Um, in jeopardy, a win here could have really uh, closed, uh, really you know, stretched that gap, and with a handy percentage gap on um, Churnside Park, they could have locked up, you know, that fourth spot just about. But um, now they've got a real tough, you know, run home. They've got the bye next week, so they've already played an extra game than both Churnside Park and Ringwood, and then they follow that by um, playing Churnside Park and then North Ringwood. North Ringwood are with the form they're in, probably would expect them to lose in North Ringwood and it may come down to that Chernside Park game in a couple couple of weeks. That's how that's how big um you know the stakes are of, of, of dropping this one. Yeah it is and I'll I'll touch on it after the interview with Darren but yeah it's that fourth spot you know a couple of weeks ago in the division 1 men's we were talking about how tight that that f- final final spot would be. This one, this one is going to go right down to the last game of the season. The other two games, well, Blackburn comfortably handed a defeat by, by Roville. Blake, uh, there's still plenty of positives for the Burners to take out of this result. You know, kicking three goals, another double-digit digit score there, third in the last four weeks. But, um, yeah, there's still plenty of positives for the Burners to take out of it. Yeah, definitely for sure. Like, I, I, I want to ask you: Do you think they can win a game? I, I think, you know, all all good, you know, all struggling teams deserve to win a game. But do you reckon they can win a game this year? Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. Let's have, it's it's hard for me to see North Ringwood the bye yeah. than Ringwood their final couple of matches. 
I, I think maybe. Oh, I doubt it though. It's unfortunate. I, I doubt yeah. it, but yeah, they they'll still be looking to get a first win. It, it definitely, if they do get a win, we'll we'll chat with their coach Jules. Hey, uh, especially it be pretty impressive if they picked up a win against North yeah. Ringwood and Ringwood. But yeah, uh, do you think I? Uh, do you think they can actually bike, or do you have doubts as well? Well, I think I think it, it's it's a hard one because, like, obviously you want you want them to win because you know you, you want all teams to have a win at least for the mm -hmm. uh, for the season. But definitely, there was a few positives. You know, they scored like Brave or probably the team to beat. You would say in uh, that that competition, definitely for sure. But um, I definitely think if they can just put in a crack, like if they can just get in, like just have a have a red red hot crack against you know the good sides and hopefully pull it away. I, I I don't think they can, but if they pull up really hard, you know, fight for the for four quarters and they can sustain that, then definitely for sure. If they just put on their pressure, uh, I definitely think they can. But it's going to be very hard for them. But I'm sure that um, you want the, you want teams to, you know to blow the ladder to finally get the win. So um, yeah, yeah we. Yeah, definitely. We 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 hate seeing teams going through the the season winless, which which I hate to say this might be the case for some of the men's side, and you know maybe a couple of the well, Blackburn I believe are the only well plus um plus a big bunch. Baroy News Reserves are the only winless sides this season. Uh, you had to see a team go through the season not picking up a win. It's yeah, it's not what it's not what footy's about. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's um, it'd be disappoint it'd be disappointing. But I hope they do pick up a win too, and it'd be great to talk about to talk with with Jules about the how the club is going and this the season that this well pretty evidently pretty young side this has and uh, the other the second best side park orchards second on the, t the table i mean comfortably pick up a win over there neighbors north ringwood white ryan in a, a twilight fixture of quamby reserve yeah again just business as per usual for the sharks yeah they've, they've been in really good form and they're the one side that we're really looking forward to when they play against roval um uh next time because I, we really think they can challenge them um, but yeah, look, it looked to be a bit of a breeze in that, uh, going one way. Um, I think North Ringwood had in that first and third quarter where they were able to put a bit of score on the board, but, you know, certainly weren't, weren't able to do it when, um, when the, uh, when they went the other way. So Park also just, are just, you know, they've got a lot of options there. The way they move the ball is, is really good. They love to link up, um, their ball movements, fantastic. Um, and that's when you've got, when you've got girls like, Pollock there and and Rukavina who who just used the ball really well um you know uh, it's just sort of the the gap that they've got on that on that third place North Ringwood side and there seems to be a, a pretty you know a pretty clear uh pecking order from first to third but after that is where it gets really interesting but um again I, I'm actually really excited to watch Park Orchards play again because um, in that game against Roval that we saw, they were missing quite a few players. And I think they were only down to, to one on the bench or something where Roval had, I think, a, a full bench. So at their at their full strength, I really do think they can knock off Roval. And that's um, sort of not that we, we don't care who wins either way, but we want a competitive you know, final series. And I think if that's the grand final, we're going to get a, a really good game out of it.
Yeah, and don't forget as well, they do play in a couple of weeks' time as well, which will be a m- match to watch. In fact, they face each other in two weeks' time at, at the Shark Tank Dominie Reserve. So, yeah, it's going to be a massive clash out there, first versus second. And I definitely agree they can take it up to the Hawks and the side that had to buy this week in Division One Churnside Park, getting a week to refresh ahead of a, a big clash this week. This coming weekend out at Seabeck Oval against Churnside Park into Division 2. And we had a bit of Thursday night footy for your beloved Tros, Blake. I'm sticking with the, the nick, nickname you gave them a couple of days ago. The beloved Tros are facing off against Knox and, well, comfortably handed a defeat, which is unfortunate to see. But yeah, well, have you heard much from out of um, Montrose, Blake, about the the game on Thursday night down at Knox Gardens Reserve? Yeah, it's a pretty good nickname, isn't it, uh, Josh? I thought I'd get a few uh, few nicknames around for clubs, but we are we we do like to be called the Tros sometimes. You know, we sometimes get called uh, you know the Demons, but it's pretty it's pretty boring. You want to you want to change it up a bit, so why not the Tros? I'm sticking with the Tros at the moment. I don't know about the other media media, media people down uh, down there on, on the Saturday. I'm sure they didn't really like it. But um, no. Nah, anyway, on, on the game, um, yeah, obviously they won't, wouldn't be pretty too happy about you know Friday, uh, Thursday night under lights down there at um, Knox, and um, yeah, they wouldn't be too impressed with the result. But uh, I think the effort's still there. They they definitely um they're trying. That's for sure. Like. I, I, I watch them, watch them train, and every now and then, they're, and they've always, always putting effort in on the track. So, um, they can definitely walk away. That there were some bit of positives as well there, but um, definitely uh, for sure that they, they can keep going um, the way they're going. I think um, next week they got East Ringwood, so another tough, tough challenge. But I think they can manage it, and um, hopefully they can do what they did. Uh, the first time out, which was, I think it was pretty sure it was a draw, I'm pretty sure, yeah. or East Ring would yeah. just go home or something like that. So it was hopefully a, they can do that and, it, um, yeah, get back to the winning winning factor. It was, a, it was a draw. And, well, the last time they did face each other was a bit <laughs> a, a humbling, but I think they can. It's good to see that the effort is still there despite the, the, yeah. the struggle the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, Knox just, just um, going about business as per normal, Blake. Do you think, uh, guess who will uh, be back? Oh, I'm hoping <laughs> so. I'm hoping Nicola will be, Nicola will be back. That would, that would be awesome to see her back. She didn't play, she hasn't played the last couple of weeks. They swing got her evidently doing fine without her, but she would just add a lot. And just on the Knox game, Georgia Alexander back to the, well, equal top goal scorer, five goals, another terrific performance. And, Best on for them as well was Tamara Stocks. Rachel Hardy kicks a goal and was named best on for the Tros. I think I might stick with that nickname, actually. It is a pretty catchy nickname, Blakey. Yeah, just, yeah, who cares what the the rest of the media team thinks? Into uh, one of the other matches, uh, the first match on Saturday, I beg your pardon, Kilsyth and, and Heathmont out of Pink's Reserve. And, well, Ryan, Kilsyth win by 51 points. Does it all but shore up a final spot for well a final spot for them in that top four? Ah, uh, yeah, definitely does with a now a three game gap on Heathmont and um, a, a big percentage boost on them as well. 
makes it pretty much um, impossible for Heathmont to to make it into the uh, top four, especially with uh, a battle against Knox next week. Should probably officially rule them out. But for Kilsyth, there's been a really important um, fortnight of football for them. Um, they had those three losses in a row, and they were starting to slip down the ladder. And we probably had a few questions marks um, around them, but. They've guaranteed their final spot with a couple of really impressive wins. Um, last year was their biggest, I think, their biggest score for the season. And then, again, this week they've done it again um, with 11 goals, 15. I don't think they've had um, uh, a bigger score than that so far. So that's a, a really big positive sign for them that they've been able to find the goals because when we saw them earlier in the year, um, they they used the ball pretty well. They, they were set up behind goals, uh, not too bad. They had a strong midfield, but they just weren't, um, able to translate that onto the scoreboard. So to see Dale with three, um, Lenny getting involved with three, Inns with two, um, and then Nelligan in the ruck being able to chip in for one as well. That that it's much better to see that they have um, um, some more scoring options, and that should um, you know treat them well against um, Surrey Park next week, which I believe is the match of the round, Josh. Yes, sir. we will touch on that later, and. Blake and Ryan can see the the big grin on my face the, with the fact that Surrey Park is is finally getting a women's match of the round. Let's touch on the Panthers actually against East Ringwood. Uh, well, I was expecting this one to be a bit of a close one. It was for for three quarters. Uh, East Ringwood, Blake, they they just blew Surrey Park out of the water in the third term, the the premiership term. Kicking twenty, kicking the three goals and not conceding one. Evidently, with a win down there at, at Surrey Park, sometimes you know teams can take advantage of that win down there. Although it can be tricky to navigate it down at the Panther Pit, but yeah, good victory for East Ringwood and keeps them right on track. And pretty much, well, we'd already thought that they deserve second spot, but pretty much locks up second spot with two and a half games and a bit of percentage separating the Roos and the Panthers. Yeah. Um, yeah. As we touched on before, I think uh, without Nicola Davidson, I think they're doing really well East Ringwood without, mm. without her, which is good to see. Like, yeah, you want players to step up that usually, you know, that when she's playing, she can uh, give a bit of a low, low, low two for her, but there's, it could be other players as well that are really stepping up and giving her a load that she would do to the team. So that's, that's a big win against as well. Um, Surrey Parker as well, just to put them where they are now, East Ringwood. So this, as we touched on there, they're sitting second on the ladder, which is great. Um, and um, it's really it's really showing at this time of year because I think it's a 14-round season, uh, which is, which is uh, you know, it's a pretty short season, of course, but... It's also good because um, you want to start taking in the wins that you're doing now and um, showing it as well. So good four-point victory, uh, getting the four points for East Ringwood, and um, I'm hoping to see them uh, take it up, uh, take it up for you know the Knox and the other teams at the comp, which is which will be really good. Yeah, but Ryan, outside of that uh, of that third term. It was only a four-point margin in the end that, that separated Surrey, Surrey and East Ringwood. East Ringwood only scored the, the one goal six, and Surrey scored, you know, one goal two all their points in the first, second, and, and fourth term. So, you know, it, plenty to take out of this performance against, well, clearly one of the better sides in the competition. 
Yeah, it was. And I think from memory, it was pretty similar to the time they played um, earlier in the year where uh, for two, at least two of the four quarters, um, you know, it was it was really pretty much equally. The scores were level or there was a, a goal apiece. Um, and then it was just really, you know, uh, maybe a, a quarter and a bit where Eastering would be able to get off the lead. So it's, it's probably that sort of thing that um, has put him in a really, you know, dominant spot and second spot is that, all it can take is maybe, you know, five, six minutes to really open up the game and put, you know, scores on, score on the board. And that's where you can really damage your opponent. And um, I think that's probably the thing that Surrey Park and, and and sides like Kilsyth as well probably have to to watch out when you play in East Ringwood and Knox that, you know, as, as you can be good for, you know, 40 minutes and then suddenly you, you put your head down for five minutes and they can jump you. And that's, you know, the sort of... Uh, high quality side that East Ringwood are at the moment, even without Davidson inside. Yeah, that Nicola Davidson hasn't played since well, since the mid season bye. Actually, she's missed the last two rounds, so yeah, it's scary. Because I thought, yeah, they've got plenty of other talent. East Ringwood, I saw them in the match of the round in their match of the round against Montrose a couple of weeks ago. But it's scary the the talent that they have outside of Nicola Davidson. You know. Candace Taylor named best on Meg Thompson kicking kicking a goal. Kay Witherspoon has been great this season. wasn't named in the best, but kicked the goal and has been named in the best last or the best for the two previous weeks at least. And yeah, there's plenty of talent amongst that East Ringwood side. Jumping into Division Three now, and not a whole lot of uh, one very interesting result. We'll we'll save that for last. But at an East Burwood Reserve, East Burwood. Picking up a, a very big victory over Moorbark, 6-12-48 to just the four behind. Inaccurate kicking could have it costed them a little bit more, Ryan. But, yeah, there's still plenty of positives to take out for the Mustangs this game. Yeah, definitely. Probably kept them to a to a much lower score than what they have in, in recent times. And, um, uh, you know, as we said, Moorbark, it's a year... Um, not it was it was never a year to play finals. It was a year to a first year for the club to to get going, get a women's uh, women's program, get um, a group of girls that you know haven't played much footy before or or haven't played at all together and um, string in some games. And they've been able to win one, which has been important for the club's um, uh, morale going forward. And look to be only forty four points behind East Burwood, who. You know, have been really thrashing sides, and, and especially when you when you have the likes of Jones um, up forward, who can kick three or four, um, kick three on the weekend, and they've got a lot of talent. So um, to to be within that and, and have some scores as well. So besides that first quarter, they they uh, scored in oh, or they scored in the second and third quarters with a couple opportunities. So at least you you can tell that they were. Um, you know, having their chances, and that's um, probably the really important thing to take out of that. Definitely. And the last three three games as well, you know, they've kept scores to, to under 50 points. You know, Fair Park only conceded the 15 and won by seven there. Not a Wadding, 36, and we all know how well they've done in their first season. East Bird here, 48. So they got a bit of a test to keep a side under 50 this week against a, a rampaging Croydon North Emlock side, but yeah, it, it's it's nice to see them building, uh, building as the season goes on. It's been yeah, they've had to. It's been a hard trek for them this season, but they've definitely 
done some good stuff. Uh, and yeah, like b business as usual for Croydon North M Lock, 111076 Coldstream, just the two behinds. You know, I think I mentioned it last week. It was usually the men's uh, Coldstream men's side that would be dishing out dumpings the last couple of years to the Corin North M Lock men. That was when they were in Division 4. Of course, they're in Div 3 now. But the Corin North M Lock women are, are dishing out a couple of massive defeats to to Coldstream this year. 74 points here earlier on in the year as well. They won by 41 points. Uh, they're flying at the moment at the Kangarams. Definitely for sure. Um, just also noted here, uh, as a Vanessa Nolan, she uh, stepped in uh, this week. I think she kicked a bag of five this week. Uh, no Jeeves this week uh, due to work commitments here. Um, but that's that's a big win for uh, Corden off and walk. That's for sure. Like, yeah, Coltrane uh, probably would have touched up the other side, like the the other thing around, but. Cordon off, they're flying at the moment. I think they're sitting on top of the ladder, which uh, they're really happy about at the moment. So uh, it's a big win. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think they're really the team to beat, which is really good for a community club, you would say. Um, and it's good to see that they're uh, hanging in there for the right time of year, which is really good. Yeah, they're definitely the side to beat. They've, you know, they knocked off Facebook a couple of weeks ago, which, yeah, you were out at Ryan. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... it's... They're a scary side, especially this is a scary performance without, yeah, Gabrielle, without Chiefs, April Chiefs. And, yeah, a massive second half, 51 points to to just to just the one point in the end, taking evidently taking full advantage of the win in the third term. But, yeah, they take a bit of it out of this cold stream, particularly out of that first half, only conceding 25 points. But, yeah, it's a... Disappointing defeat. They'll still, I have no doubt, finish third now. The two games separates them and Mitchum and Nutter Wadding, which that game we will touch on now. An absolute classic, it seemed like, at, uh, at Koonung Reserve. Both sides evidently taking full advantage of the wind, swinging, swinging and swaying, but it was Mitchum who ended up on the winner's list and leapfrogged Nutterwadding into fourth, 5-7-37 to 4-8-32. Uh, Ryan, there's been plenty of great contests, but, uh, I mean, we don't have the, the footage to see what this match was like, but you would think this clearly was one of the matches of the season, especially in third division. Yeah, it was, and I think if you want to look at one side um, – in all divisions that have been the big improver across the season. It may be Mitchum because I think at the start of the season, we were probably worried that, you know, besides maybe Mulebach, they might not pinch a, um, too many wins at all, but they put themselves now in a, in a real chance to play finals. And yeah, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they played another wanting at home and another wanting won quite comfortably. So to have such an in, impressive run there, um, against, you know, it's it, it was an eight-point game because if Nutterwadding had won that, you can pretty much write Mitchum off for the season. Um, but, you know, with their percentage, um, you know, uh, being able to hold on in that last quarter when, when Nutterwadding were probably coming home with a, a bit of a breeze is is really impressive. And um, obviously those two are the, the, the only two sides they're looking for that fourth spot. Um, and you have to give it to Mitchum now at the moment, looking at their run home, they've got Fair Park, Coldstream, East Burwood um, should beat Fair Park. Coldstream will be at home and they beat Coldstream um, away earlier this year. So they'll have a lot of confidence going into that anyway before they play East Burwood in the last round 
while Nutterwanning have to play the top two sides in East Burwood and Croydon North in the next couple of weeks um, before a game against Fair Park. So, you know, as good as Nutterwanning have been this year as well, they're, um, they're in a bit of trouble now because I, I don't think you can really expect them to beat either of those two teams. And then it relies on Mitchum, um, you know, dropping both those Fair Park and Coldstream games, Josh. Yeah, but for Nutterwanning as well, Blake, you know, they're, they're pretty much like Croydon North Emlock, a struggling community club. And this season, you know, I think it was the four wins so far and it could pick up at least one maybe. It's going to be hard to for me to see at least getting them getting wins in their last, in these next two games. But still, it's been a remarkable season. This, I think, just puts a dagger in the heart of their finals chances. Yeah, but... Yeah, it's been a bit disappointing. Um, you know, bit of another warning, pretty much neighbours, you would say. Um, so big, big game. And I know what, no, no either side probably wants to lose to their arch rivals. So yeah, this this would definitely put a big, uh, big, uh, big, uh, big, big loss. Um, a lot of emotion, you would think, because you know your finals campaign could be over and you might not be there. So. But no, that's a big win for uh for Mitchum, uh five points as well. So big win there. But uh yeah, you know you should be very proud of how Nana wanting are going. Like you know they're they're probably like the Croydon M locks. You know all them that are, that are struggling to you know get players. You would say on the park probably men's as well trying to and struggling to get wins as well. But it's good to see that the community clubs that are struggling are are, are coming on the rise, which is good to see. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it, I hope yeah they're at least having a bit more success than that their men's side, which you know started the season. I definitely wasn't expecting it, but it, I I'm I'm so happy that they're doing so well. They've had their struggles this year, and I'm just glad because you know not a wadding is I'd have to say is you know I keep a close eye on them. They're pretty close to to Surrey Park as well, not in terms of ladder, but geographically, but. Yeah, they've had their struggles in the last couple of years, but it's it's great to see that women's side in their first season have such a terrific season. Down to fourth division, not too much to report on. SBL Wolves Teal and the Basin Green, though, a very interesting result out there, Blake. Uh, the Wolves, 55 to 27 point victors. Uh, they're a game behind the Basin now, and it's going to be interesting They're their run their run home they face vermont gold second placed vermont gold baronia and then eastern devils on their run home the basin they face off against top of the table eastern devils and then south croydon twice were third on the table are they a hope sbl wolves teal the the reserves to to leapfrog the bears into fourth place and the final final spot yeah but it, it, it's a tough one because there's they've both got Presumably a type of runs you would say to like heading in towards the final. I think you'd think uh, South Belgrave, Lucifield probably have you would say uh, Vermont Gold you would say um, this week, I think. So um, that that could be an interesting game to see where they're at mentally and physically, like just to see if they can keep it up with the Vermont, uh, that's for sure. And I think you said South Croydon as well. I think you said there. Um, yeah. that's, that's another tough one you would say as well. So Pretty, pretty hard. And then they've got Baronia. So pretty, yeah. yeah. I, I, if Basin could drop a few, if Basin drop a game, it could come to the Baronia game where 
the Wolves could uh, come into that uh, final four, which is uh, pretty interesting, you'd say. I, I think this might be. It, it's like uh, the Division One. Like the the, the the final spot is available, so yeah, uh, it's really good to see. And I'm uh, looking forward to how how this shakes up. Yeah, but they'll need to make up a lot of percentage, the Wolves, and yeah, it's it's definitely going to go down to the wire, which is what we love to see. And South Korean Red and Vermont, South Korean Red, I believe they won on forfeit. Vermont, uh, I think there is a their numbers were a bit depleted this week uh, and you know had to forfeit which we hate to see but yeah south Croydon, uh, i think it, another four points in the bank and oh eastern devils baronia gold ryan uh, just yeah not too much to to report on there just a, a casual 150 point victory for the devils i think that's what um jono said last week was he that was sort of his prediction so um, I say he he said someone would kick a bag and and Sibley with the end end up with six, um, packing with four and they're an interesting side. I, I think he he gave us some good insight on um the club at Eastern Devils and how you know they've got a few players who who do the double up who play both games um um and a few others that are uh yeah you know each week doing the um running in both games which is which is interesting and, and tough for them as 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 uh, um going back to back games i can barely get through one game let alone two um but they're you know just an example of a side that is um really professional at, at all levels um the depth they've got they could win both flags you would you would say pretty you know pretty comfortably almost by the way that they're going i think the this division is is quite even and they they definitely could drop a few but um then you go back to their their premier side and Besides that Mount Evelyn game, they haven't really been. Um, no one's really got close to them, except for the, probably maybe the Wolves. So they're an interesting club. They've come into this, Josh, and you know I don't know if you had sort of the um, this sort of expectations for them, but they've done you know everything they could do right, and they've you know really shown um, just how how good of a club they are. Yeah, and I definitely didn't. I expected them to do well, just just not this well. You know, only. Two combined losses, I believe, on the season as well. I think they might have had to forfeit a game or two. It was great to get that insight, learn a bit more about the Eastern Devils organisation. But yeah, such a strong side in both fourth division and Premier Division. They're both heading into those final series, I reckon, as Premiership favourites. And Jessica Sibley, that I think... Her first game of the season, six goals. You, you take that any day of the week. Now, our guest this week is Ringwood women's coach Darren Ashcroft once more. Darren Ashcroft following their third and one of their most impressive victories of the season over the weekend. Here he is. Joining us for this week's edition of Female Footy Focus is Ringwood Football Netball Club women's coach Darren Ashcroft. After his side won an enthralling encounter at home park against Beaconsfield, and kept their finals hopes alive in Division 1. Darren, welcome to Female Footy Focus, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so a very close encounter and it looked like a very rough and tough encounter out at Home Park Reserve. Just the, just the five goals kicked on the on the day. What do you make of the contest out there? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The, um, the contest was, was a, almost like a rolling mall for a lot of the game. It was... Um, Really hard and tight, and uh, both teams never gave an inch. So, uh, very proud of our women. Um, 
in the division we're in uh, for a four-quarter effort, and uh, we're very happy to get over the line. What were conditions at the ground like is it at home park? You know, the last couple of senior games, both men and women, the have been pretty low scores in particular. But what were conditions at home park like? Uh, we spoke to um, some of the people there at the club, and they said that uh, a couple of weeks and even uh, last week, the rain had been so much over the over that when you walked through, it was sort of covering your shoes. So oh, wow. that rain had gone, but the ground had become fairly well waterlogged. So bouncing the ball and reading the bounce of the ball off the ground and stuff were, was pretty hard. Oh, does sound like a lot of a bit of fun to play on now like i said before it it keeps your your finals hopes alive you know do you, it's an impressive effort given you're coming up from from division two and you know given there's plenty of quality sides around you like beaconsfield churnside park park orchards roville yeah do you what do you what do you make of the season so far and still being in that finals race uh, look, it's a remarkable effort from our, our group, um, seeing as we, last year was the first year that Ringwood had a women's football side, so mm. we have a lot of brand new players in that club, we had a few girls that I coached uh, previously at Norwood that come over, and um, and had a great first year, uh, but the step up was is, has been a big step, and I think, um, if I'm not wrong, uh, a few of the clubs in our division now in Division 1 that actually come down from um, Premier Division, so I think it was Blackburn, um, uh, Roeville and uh, and a few others. So yeah, it's been a it's been really really hard. But the um, from the start of the year and our pre-season to now, well, the improvement in our in our team is absolutely amazing. Really proud of the coach. Do you reckon? You know, it's an it is a bit of an interesting run home. A, a slightly tough one, Park Orchard to North Wing with the next two weeks, and then you've got Blackburn to finish the season. Would you consider yourself a chance to to leapfrog Turnside Park and and Beaconsfield into fourth spot? Yeah, well, Turnside Park and Beaconsfield play each other, so if we stay pretty much as we are and we don't get one of those North Ringwoods or Park Orchards one, we'll, we'll leapfrog one of them. But um, mm-hmm. we need to get win uh, either North Ringwood or the Park Orchards one to um, assure a spot there. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely give a have a tilt at it, but um, the girls can only do as good as they can, and if they play as well as they did on the weekend, I can't ask for any more than that. Yeah, and you know, there's you kept most of your, well, some of your players from from last year, which dominated Division Two. Georgia, Georgia Fairbairn has kicked 19 goals in, in seven games. Zoe Can has been named in in the best six out of a possible nine times. Has their leadership been cru- crucial, you know, across the ground to um to help you guys take that step up into Division One? Uh, Zoe Can's. Uh, not just in the in the game, but she's also a um, an on-field coach, and there's a lot of coaching and and and, uh, and work around the club too. She's um, on the committee. She's an amazing person, Zoe, and uh, and the girls really really follow the lead. So, oh, very happy to have the leaders that we have at our club. They're um, they're amazing women, amazing. Um, and you know, has there been any younger players this season that have impressed you so far? Yeah, I'd say pretty much a whole lower group. So we've had some girls that have played a bit of footy, and then we've had a lot of girls that, that's, that this year, I think we've got six or seven uh, first-year players this year, and we probably have another 10 or 12. Uh, this will be their second year of football. So the improvement in, in that group has made uh, the group as a whole 
a hell of a lot better and gave us the, the win on the weekend because without you can have a couple of star players but the, you need a team to win and um and it was definitely a team win on the weekend yeah well Dan, it's been a it's been a terrific season. Definitely seems like it's been a full team effort so far from the Redbacks in Division One this year. Uh, thank you for joining us on Female Footy Focus this week, and good luck for the run home. Hopefully, we'll be chatting we'll be chatting or be seeing the Redback women's come finals time. Not a problem. On sport, great to chat with Ringwood coach Darren Ashcroft after the match on the weekend, plus the growth of the, the women's side down at Jubilee Park. Also got to hear a little bit of the conditions down at Home Park Reserve, which uh, I was very, we were all very intrigued by. And yeah, glad, glad to know it definitely doesn't sound like it's in the greatest nick. Now, I like to call this segment, well, now I like to call this segment our look ahead segment uh, to this coming weekend of action round 12 the third last round of the women's competition season then we're heading to the last four, fortnight after this weekend so it's really heating up each competition into premier division first up premier a has the three matches mount evelyn and south croydon at mount evelyn reserve this will decide i reckon who finishes in second in second spot it is going to be a massive clash out at mount evelyn reserve that has a, a kickoff time of around 10 40 again these games that there are some games that change times during the week before we after we record this podcast so that time might change but for now it's a 10 40 at mount evelyn reserve the other match at 10 40 vermont and sbl wolves vermont win here all but lock up finals but a chance here for the Wolves to take it up to a two, a Vermont side who who's had their struggles the last couple of weeks, but a chance for Vermont to you know, yeah, stamp their authority on the Wolves. Uh, Eastern Devils and Baronius, the final match at Mulgrave Reserve that will kick off at twelve thirty, and that is of course the crossover match. Premier B, the two matches: Whitehorse Pioneers versus the Basin, a very very juicy matchup out at Springfield Park or yeah I think I'm going to stick with BWS's nickname as well for Springy Park the D second versus third the Basin coming off two losses against Premier A opponents Whitehorse looking in good touch picking up oh, two wins in a row or three wins in a row a big part a couple of weeks ago they won against the Basin at Springfield Park they're going to take a lot of confidence into this matchup so and if the Pioneers win here as well it would all but lock up second spot for them the other match first versus last Domval versus Ferntree Gully 12 30 p.m that will kick off at Domval Reserve a chance for the Magpies to potentially gain some percentage but also for Ferntree Gully to build on a pretty impressive performance the the week before against well last weekend against Whitehorse Pioneers to you first Ryan any fixture there that stands out to you I think definitely the Mount Evelyn South Croydon game is uh, a real a real good look of two final sides that are obviously going to be there. Um, you know, I think we probably didn't realise how good of a side Mount Evelyn was until the last you know month or so of football. They've they've won four in a row, um, and we're the only side to beat the Eastern Devils so far. So you've got to start taking them really seriously, and we've um, had some really uh, you know high thoughts about South Croydon all year and. Um, a second versus third spot, the winner could probably um, hold their spot in um, second place from here on out if they can um, win the rest of their games. And their percentage is, is pretty much nothing. There's um, 
less than I think just just over one percent separating the two. So they're very evenly matched up. South Korea in great form as well. Uh, I, I can't go past that one. I think that's going to be a, a really exciting game. That's a mouthwatering one. Mouthwatering matches left, right, and center this weekend, but that is a particularly mouthwatering one. There've been two close matches already this season between the two, and I have no doubt this is going to go down to the last kick. I reckon even Blake. Any other fixture that stands out to you, or just the Mount Evelyn South Croydon one? Uh, I like the Mount Evelyn South Croydon game. I think that will be the, the match, but I'm going to give an honourable mention. Uh, I reckon the White Horse Basin game will also be a very good game for you to watch. Obviously, the Basin have uh, had a struggle uh, taking on the Premier A's team, so it'll be interesting to see how they suit up against a, you would say, an inform uh, White Horse team, that's for sure. Yeah, and White Horse, they won, as I said before, they won last time. They've won both times against against the Basin, which will give them a lot of confidence. But yeah, and if they win here at all, but lock up second spot, it's going to be a very interesting matchup out at the D. Uh, into first division, Beaconsfield, as we touched on earlier in the podcast, they have the bye this week. Uh, be refreshed, I reckon, heading into their final fortnight of action. Park Orchards Ringwood at Dominey Reserve, a massive test for Park for Big Barton Ringwood, who are coming off a terrific vic- victory the week before, and it, it could be. Hopefully, it isn't as lopsided as I, I think, but it, it's a very interesting one. Ringwood, plenty of confidence, uh, looking to you know make a, a late charge for finals. It was. 50 points the last time these two met at Jubilee Park. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, the difference between these two sides this time around, Roeville Turnside Park at Seabeck Oval. Turnside Park, fresh off a bye, Roeville, fresh off a massive victory against Blackburn. Uh, Roeville and Turnside Park and Park Orchards Ring will both kick off at 10.40, the only 12.30 match happening out of Bourne Park between Blackburn, the Burners, and North Ringwood potentially a chance for Blackburn to, to pick up a victory, but chance for North Ringwood to consolidate and bounce back after a disappointing loss. Uh, Blakey, to you, any fixture there that, that really stands out to you? Uh, I like the Park Orchard-Ringwood game. I just want to see, obviously, Ringwood had a big win last week against Beaconsfield, but I want to see how they can go against a really top, you would say, top two side in our first division. So I think it'll be a really good test to, the, to see how they can go against a really good uh, Shark Shark uh, team. Uh, but I, I obviously want to see how good Park Orchards uh, are really going at the moment. And it's good to see. But, yeah, I think uh, the Park Orchards are real game for me. Right. Yeah, I think I'm the same with Blake. I think on paper it probably looks like three pretty um, straightforward results with you know, the top three sides playing um, three of the bottom four. Uh, but yeah, I, I think probably after Ringwood's um, big win on the weekend, um, I don't think they can beat Park Orchards, but I, I think they can certainly challenge them. And if they can put in, you know, um, uh, you know, two or three really good quarters of football and challenge, um, that's all you can really ask for. Just you know, improve from the last time they they played against them. Yeah, and let's drop down into to second division now uh, one of the matches I'll, I'll try to pump up as, as as much as I can take a guess which one I'll be pumping up Sorry, first up, <laughs> thank you very much mr long first up though Heathmont Knox and HE Parker reserve uh Heathmont chance to take it up to another 
to another cont- well contender or the benchmark of the competition, Knox. Potentially a chance for them to earn some percentage first versus fifth as well. Now, this is, well, a potential elimination final preview. I'll just put it at that. It's hard for me to see, as we touched on before, Killsight and Surrey Park dropping out of the top four. It's hard for me to see Surrey, either of them, replacing East Ringwood in second, but this is a massive clash and an elimination final preview, I reckon, in second division. Killsight, Surrey Park, the women's match of the round. As I said earlier, we finally get Surrey Park on the women's match of the round. Try to contain my excitement. That will kick off at 10.40. And of course, the Killsight, Surrey Park match, you can... Will be live streamed from 10:30 out of Pink's Reserve. It's going to be a massive clash out there in second division. Montrose and East Ringwood as well. A twilight match down at well, I, I, I disagree with him on this call. The Coliseum, Blake, aka Montrose Recreation Reserve. Montrose again, a real chance for them to put up a competitive performance against East Ringwood this time at home. The first two times they've faced them have been at East Ringwood Reserve. East Ringwood chance to. Once more, stamped their authority. Ryan, to you first, uh, as the as the only one that's uh, that doesn't have a team in this second division. Which one are you going to be keeping a close eye on? Uh, I think you're probably right. I think it has to. You, you can't. It's hard to go past the Killside Surrey Park game. The third versus fourth. Uh, really excited to see both sides. Um, I watched uh, Killside obviously against Knox earlier in the year, and I, I still liked what they what we saw from them. Um, even though they they were uh, being quite heavily on the scoreboard, and in Surrey Park um, have been big improvers this year. So I I actually I don't even know who to tip on this. And I'm I would probably tip Killside just on the last couple of weeks, and they started to find the goals. But then again, it it's I could see this going either way. So you know, I I think you've you've picked it right. It's it's going to be a, a really interesting match. And yeah, thank you again, Matt, for picking that match as the match of the round. Uh, Blake, uh, big clash for the Troys down at East, uh, down at Montrose Reserve against East Ringwood. Must be excited for that one as well. Yeah, it is. It's all, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a more of an insight. There's a band. Uh, there's Ooh. actually a live band uh, after that conclusion of the game. So the lights will be on. So yeah, well, I call it. The club calls it the Coliseum. It will be pumping. I'll tell you that, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, Twilight game against East Ringwood. Um, last time these two wasn't no, the first time they played, it was a draw, and the second time, yes, East Ringwood just uh put an absolute clinic with two. Uh, but it, it, it I reckon this, you know, that we it, it's going to be a hard one, I think, because. You know, uh, the conditions, I was I was only umpired there couple, uh, on Sunday for a twilight game and the lights were, they were pretty, you know, they weren't the greatest, but I think this game could be a really good game for for both sides. I just want to see if we can, uh, Montrose, I can't say we, but Montrose to see if they can challenge East Ringwood to a four-quarter effort and uh, hopefully take it up, but... Well, what is this effort and uh, consistency? So I think that'll be a really good game for Montrose, but I still think East Ringwood uh, for me, but I think the match of the round has to go for the Panthers, uh, definitely for sure. Uh, the pink, so it should be an exciting game for you, Josh. Uh, I'm sure you'll, you'll be loving the calling if you, if you get the opportunity. Well, who knows? Might not. Uh, I don't mind not calling it. I'll just be happy that I will be able to 
to well i've already seen them earl a couple of weeks ago against teeth i'm so glad i'll finally be able to you know maybe watch a a full game of, of surrey park it's you know their women's program has has yeah they've been dramatic improvers this season and it's remarkable what they've been able to do and i'm glad that yeah we we finally get the opportunity to to see them uh now let's drop down into third division i've had enough of my surrey park craze uh three matches all of which kick off at 10 40 cold stream the bye fair park and mitchum at fair park reserve a uh, chance for mitchum potentially to almost lock up their final spot moorbark and croydon north mlock chance for moorbark again to to build on their promising performance against against East Burwood the previous week, this time out on their home track. In fact, I think that time might have changed. Just in fact, that time has changed for 4.40 out at the out at the Heights Reserve. It will be after Moorbark and the Upper Gully men play in first, first division. So, yeah, get down to Heights Reserve if you're not doing too much on your Saturday afternoon. Known support the women against the, well, the benchmark at the competition. And not a wadding in East Burl. They'll kick off at 10.40 as well at Kunung Reserve. Not a wadding. It will take them almost a miracle to pick up a victory here, East Burl. Looking, I'd say, for another victory, for another four points in the bank. Uh, Blakey, any fixture there that, that really stands out to you? Uh, yeah, I think you can't go past the Mitch and Fair Park game. I think... Uh... For Mitchum, you would want to be going for them because if they win, oh, you would you would definitely think that they have locked in finals. You would say, so I think that'll be uh, my pick for the round. And um, just want to see if there's more effort from Ruelbach. Uh, you know, they know they're pretty good. They're pretty good last week, but I just want to see if they can uh, challenge it up against. They're pretty. They've had a hard run. You would say. You know, they played the top team last week. Now they're playing the second team this week. So. Pretty hard run for them, and so hopefully they just bring that consistency. It'll be really good to see. Ryan? Yeah, yeah, same as Blake. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Mitchum. I think they're just such a, uh, a, um, a good feel story this year. A feel good story, sorry, um, this season with the way they're going. Um, you're and you're right. A win here probably, you know, looking at their percentage um, gap ahead, another morning would probably just about guarantee that they'll play finals, which you. Make for a, a really incredible story for them. Um, and then, as Blake touched on again, I think Corey North, anytime, whoever they're going to play against, they're always just fun to watch. They're just a really high-scoring side. They've recruited well across the, the season. Jeeves didn't even play last week, and they still were able to score big. Um, just to watch them play, uh, they're you know one of my favourite sides to watch. So um, I think the results, probably, you would expect them to go a certain way for all three games, but um, definitely some some uh, interesting footy there to watch on the weekend. I think the one I'm going to be keeping a close eye on, Nunawading East Bird, I think I just got a, a small feeling. I don't know why Nunawading, they have plenty on the line. East Bird also have a bit, I reckon, on the line, gaining a bit of percentage and getting closer to, to Croydon North Emlock. But I think it's going to be a very interesting clash between yeah, the the Lions and the Rams out there at Kunung reserve um into fourth division now uh, a couple of interesting matches sbl wolves teal and and vermont gold now just to throw you off it's sbl wolves teal's home game but it's at vermont's home of vermont recreation reserve it's a double header as well 
with the two senior women's side of Vermont Recreation Reserve and will kick off at 8.50. South Korean Red against Baronia Gold at Cheong Park. I don't think that's, no, that's not a, a double header with the, with the South Korean women's side. That will kick off at 10.40. Of course, standalone game in Eastern Devils against the base and that's once more a double header for the eastern devils outfit with their senior women's side and will kick off at 10 40. uh any fixture there that really stands out to you ryan um yeah i think we're looking at the sbl rules game just after their their big win um on the on the weekend probably puts them back into contention for a final spot so um although vermont have been really strong all year and um you, you give them a, a pretty good chance um, at their best. And sometimes that, that can depend on their de- availabilities as well, Vermont. So um, a real good chance for the Wolves there to just be able to give, um, you know, a hope for finals, especially if if the Basin do um, in fact lose to the East Devil- Devils, which you'd probably expect on just the way the Devils are going this season. Yeah, I'm not too sure that, that they have lost one... No, I don't think it was against the base, and they haven't. Well, yeah, they won against them a couple of weeks ago at Ballerum Reserve, and uh, earlier in the season, I think it might have been a bit of a forfeit for for one of the sides. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a big chance. It, it definitely is a big chance for the Wolves. Blake, any fixture there just stands out to you? No, I think Ryan touched on it with that. That the Wolves uh, just want to see if they can make finals, which would be pretty nice for them. Uh, but also, I'll, I'll give it honourable mention again, but I feel like the Eastern, Eastern Devils, the Basin game, uh, I just want to see a Basin can uh, show it up after their, their you know, they, they were pretty they were pretty uh, one-sided game last week, you would say. So, uh, yeah, I reckon that would be my honourable mention. Yeah, and uh, I think it is, a, it is a chance for the Basin to bounce back against, well, uh, it's going to be a tough chance for them to bounce back. But I think, yeah, Ryan hit the nail on the head. SBL Wolves, Teal, Vermont, Gold at Vermont Recreation Reserve. Definitely going to be keeping a very close eye on what that result will produce. Well, that pretty much does us for another edition of Female Footy Focus. Blakey, my man, great to have you back. Yeah, always a pleasure, Josh. Always uh, good to jump on this and uh, looking forward to Hopefully you have an interesting weekend and I'm hoping uh, that the uh, the Tros can get up this week, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, uh, isn't every Montrose fan hoping they get up, Ryan? Always a pleasure to talk all things EFNL with you, mate. Thanks, Josh. I know you'll be feeling pretty similar about Surrey Park and I'm sure you're watching that um, on the live stream on Saturday for sure. Oh, definitely. Be careful at that game i'll be keeping an extremely close eye on once more i'll say it each week don't forget to subscribe to the efnl podcast presents page on spotify and app podcast if you want to keep up to date to the latest episodes of this podcast female footy focus plus the others the monday recovery and the weekend forecast for now though thank you for tuning in to the 11th edition of the new